Well, pinkies, hello, hello. This is the Faye Driver. We are on a mission today. I have a, an important meeting to get to, which is uh, about an hour away. So I'm doing a bit of a road trip here today in the Dorian Gray, the 911, uh, because, uh, because I can and I want to. So we're out driving the 911 today. Um, a couple of things to tell you about. I have, we have a voicemail from Scotty. I'm going to play that shortly here. And I'm going to tell you all about my trip to Vancouver to go to the retirement dinner party that was held in my honor. So I'll tell you about that too. But first... Let's listen to a voicemail from Scotty. I just got to get it queued up here while I drive. I got some uh, maniacs poised. Okay, Scotty. Hey, driver. It's Scotty Rossi Butler. Hi, Scotty. Uh, have I already made this phone call to you? But anyway, I need to get a new car. My oh. car is about to get its next service. It's probably going to cost like $400, $500, dollars I'm not sure. The mix, the mix minus boys oh, already think you already have a kilometers. And anyway, so for the last probably two or three weeks, I've been searching very hard on all the car selling websites for secondhand vehicles and yes. bloody COVID-19. So, a car that is two to three years old yes. is actually only about 2000 maybe $3,000 cheaper than buying the exact same model, but brand new. It's just right. freaking ridiculous. So, spend $24,000 on a second-hand car or spend $26,000, $27,000 on the brand new one that is the current year model. Right. Uh, it's annoying and depressing and you know I'm not like Archer, I'm not rich, I'm not like right. Adam Burns on $200,000 a year and I'm not even like the Faye Driver the right. second richest retiree in the gay potosphere. So, I don't know. I guess I'm going to have to get a car loan because I certainly don't have 25 grand lying around. Okay, oh, I'm thinking maybe the Renault Captur. C-A-P-T-U-R. I know you don't have French cars in Canada because uh, you're a half French country, but anyway. Look it up, Renault Captur. Okay, bye. All right. Well, I did look up your your Renault Captur. Thank you, Scotty, for your voicemail. And what is it with these car companies just dropping a letter off of a word, and that's the new name of their car, Captur. So I, I looked at this little Renault Captur. It's basically it's about the same size as a Juke. It's like a it's a a, a crossover vehicle. It looks kind of four-wheel drivey. I don't know if it comes with all-wheel drive or if that's what you're interested in. Uh, but you know, it's a high mount, high stance. It's a 
it's a smallish car, not not small small, but it's a you know like a midsize SUV. Um, what else could you compare it to? Uh, Chevy's um, some of Chevy's smaller SUVs, perhaps. Uh, a Rav Four might be another car that would be similar. Um, but. Uh, I think it's a great looking car and yes you so you were talking about I mean it looks like a lovely car it had a really neat feature where the rear seats will roll backwards and forwards to increase the cargo space behind the rear seats um, you know maybe a somewhat useful feature is it gonna be big enough for your two doggos I wonder because you got that huge station wagon Peugeot station wagon you're driving around right now you sure do like the french cars don't you the renault and the peugeot um so let's talk about this the cost the cost of used cars uh being so high yes absolutely i agree that right now it's such a strange market for buying cars um but also consider all those tack on costs like uh, you know we have to pay taxes in uh, you know when you buy a car from a dealership you have to pay a bunch of taxes a brand new car has more taxes than a than a used car well it may not well the taxes are typically the same but you know consider the taxes the delivery fees and all those little secret fees that the dealers like to add on to your new car purchase um, you know, you gotta do your you gotta do your uh, cost benefit analysis, Scotty. So if you do that and you think it's uh, that it's better for you to pony up a couple grand, um, then uh, I guess that's the way to go. That's just the way the market is. There's 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 a bad inventory on new cars. The other thing I would counsel you is, are you sure that? this car will be available when you go to the dealer that's the 70 mile an hour dinger when you go to the dealer and um, you you say give me one are they gonna have it in stock because this is the reason that I bought the Tesla used Tesla is because there's th these new cars that they're touting there's they don't have them because they haven't been built for the various supply chain problems that we're experiencing right now so uh, as long as you're not waiting six to nine months for your new car uh, you can get it for only you know two to five I would say five thousand dollars by you by the time you add all the additional costs then um, uh, yeah and then you have a brand new car with you know with all these new cars you get the free service typically and a good warranty and blah 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 but I would also really, I, are you sure, you know, so you're, you're upset about having to spend $1,000 to service your Peugeot. Um, $1,000 is a lot cheaper than $25,000 or $30,000 by the time you're out the door. You got to insure the new car and blah, blah, blah. Um, and, but I presume like we haven't talked about trade-in, trade-in benefits like what are you gonna get for the trading on the Peugeot um, so you know you're I think you really like this Peugeot you have 
whichever number it is, and uh, it runs, and you just, last year you spent all kinds of money on it to, in services to get it up to snuff. Um, yeah, you know, I say keep your old car and wait for this market to settle down. Don't do what the Faye driver did. <laughs> and pay top dollar for a used car uh, wait wait six months to a year make that old Peugeot wagon earn its keep that's what I would say thanks for your call Scotty if you have a car question like Scotty the Aussie Battler you can uh, email me at podcast at pinkwheelnuts.com so I talked about in my last episode that uh Mr. Anderson and I were heading down to Vancouver to, to go to the old fire department retirement dinner. And um, so we did. We piled up the old tow monster. We loaded in Mother Anderson and her boyfriend. And uh, we went to back to where we used to live, near Fay Manor in the big city. And uh, there was this big dinner, a bunch of people. There were about 160 people at this party. It was all COVID safe, masks, and you had to prove your vaccine and all that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, had a, we had eight people per table. So I had eight people at my table. Some old ex-coworkers of my, of, uh, ex-coworkers I worked with and some friends and uh, Mother Anderson and, and Mr. Anderson and I. Uh, and it was a really interesting, it was fun. I had a great time and there's so many people uh, to, to talk to and to see and to catch up with. And, and so there were only, there were three people who were retiring this, this year. Of course, this is all born out of the COVID. Now, I retired in 2020. And uh, typically what happens is in November of the year you retire in, there's a big dinner like this one. And anybody who had retired that year will come to this dinner. And you get a little bit roasted by some coworkers. And, uh, you know, they say nice things about you and they review your career a little bit. And then you're given the opportunity to address the crowd. Uh, so uh, one fellow uh, opted out of the dinner. One retiree did not come. So it was just me and another guy. And uh, uh, so, you know, they told stories. So we, we have our lovely dinner. Uh, you know, oh, roast prime rib, roast beef, and seafood lasagna, and all kinds of salads and stuff. Uh, like a buffet-style dinner, and um, and then the you know all the speeches start. Of course, we now so uh, we have our what we call the honor guard, um, which is like the marching uh, the firemen who march around and do the ceremonial type stuff. Uh, we have, we were pipe. One of our firemen is a bagpipe. Plays the bagpipe so. Uh, they were piped in, and we had a couple of ceremonies for those who have passed on, the ringing of the bell, and uh, so it was really, uh, really, uh, uh, I had, it was a really wonderful ceremony. I was very honored to be here for this, um, and 
and then I was, you know, provided the opportunity to address the crowd. <laughs> so, so I wrote up a speech, you know, I had a 20-minute speech that I gave, and, and it, was, uh, it was funny, and it was, you know, very heartfelt, and I talked about, you know, my fears, which, you know, one of the reasons I started this podcast way back, you know, now 12 years ago or so, uh, I was just embarking on my near new career with the fire department, you know, kind of moving from 911 as a complicated situation into this fire department. And I had a lot of fears about being a gay man going into the fire department. And, you know, there's such manly men and, and they're not, uh, they don't have a reputation for being very welcoming <laughs> to, you know, people who might be different. You, you know, there's so, it's, everything they do, is, you, everybody wears the same uniform. They all look the same. You all, you have to act the same. These are your jobs and all that kind of, so there's not a lot of wiggle room in the fire department for people who might be <laughs> a little unconventional. <laughs> So I talked about my fears coming to the fire department as a gay man and um, and uh, how I was welcomed by the group and I, you know, I made jokes about, you know, uh, I made jokes about the people I worked with and I made jokes about, you know, I wasn't always thinking, when I was sending you to the to calls, I wasn't always thinking of, uh, you know, uh, uh, a shirtless and sweaty fireman running slow motion into a fire and so you know we got all, all these kind of little jokes um, uh, scattered throughout my <laughs> throughout my speech and I talked about you know just working with these men and and being you know just trying to do the best job we could and I I talked about the support of the firefighters union all the things we've done, all the good things we did. I was involved in the charitable organization, you know, raising money for various charities we supported. I talked about that a little bit. Um, you know, and I, I obviously, I mean, I, I um, at the end of my speech, I even said, you have got to stop using the word homo in the halls. You know, because I would catch these guys. They would come into the fire hall and they, you know, say these derogatory terms. And I would, I would, I wouldn't let anybody get away with any of that bullshit. And I would constantly be, uh, you know, uh, calling out guys and confronting them about how you can't say that word uh, anymore. It's it's wrong. And so, and I had some really good and frank discussions with many men in the fire department about you know, being gay and whatever, how we're just normal people living our lives. But I ended my speech with, uh, you've got to stop using the word homo as a derogatory term in the halls. If you hear anybody using the word homo, remind them that they're talking about me and that I'm awesome and fabulous. <laughs> and that's how I ended my speech. Um, you know, so I got, it was a great speech. I got a lot of laughs and I got, you know, I had, it was, I was very emotional for me as well. I had some emotional, uh, you know, passages in my speech where that really affected me, you know, talking about the people who helped me in my career, um, and just being involved with this, this 
this group of people, this fire department. And it was really nice having people who I cared about there with me, Mr. Anderson and Mother Anderson and, and the other people who were at my table. Um, so it was a really amazing opportunity and it really sort of linked me back because, you know, when I left the fire department in 2020, we were just at the beginning of the pandemic and it was like, I basically, I fell off the face of the earth and, uh, you know, because we effectively, we immediately moved away after I retired, after we sold our house there and headed up north here to where we are now, effectively. Um, so I immediately lost touch with a lot of people. So I was really grateful to go back and to see a, a bunch of old friends and to see all those people who came out. Um, and, uh, you know, just to, to connect with people again and to be reminded about really some of the wonderful things that happened to me in my career and, and the things that I did in the fire department to change some minds. And actually, you know, I've talked about this in the past. We had a, uh, one of our fire captains come out as a transgender woman. Unfortunately, she did it the day after she retired she left the fire department and she announced um, that, you know, I'm transgender and I'm going through the process, the transition. Um, but she was at this party and I met her in the lobby prior to the event and I invited her to my room to meet my family and stuff and she talked about how I was such a... Um, a welcoming force in the department and how it gave her some strength um, and encouragement. Seeing how the guys reacted to me, it gave her encouragement to, to, be, to, to allow herself to be the person that she really was. Um, so it's really, it was really wonderful and touching. And I spoke about the whole, a little bit about her journey and, and her being in the department um, as well. So uh, yeah, it's kind of encouraging for me to hear, to see, to, to hear and to see and to be involved in, uh, you know, this traditionally very male megalomaniac <laughs> work environment and to, uh, to see that the younger people and even some older people are the, their ability to accept change and to accept people for who we are. So it's really it's really a great time. So I was very very happy to be able to go. All right. So that was that and uh, that this is this. And so I think I'm done for the day. I'm going to uh, going to stop here in a minute and get some gas for my car and carry on my little trip to my business meeting. Um, so thank you for listening. This podcast is part of the Pride 48 network of LGBTQ and LGBTQ-friendly podcasts. You can find more LGBTQ-friendly podcasts at pride48.com. If you want to send me a message, you can send an email to podcast at pinkwheelnuts.com. Thanks for listening.